Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. I talk out of this not as somebody who knows it. It's as somebody who has gone through this experience with my mum and said to myself, I need to go on a journey that says I'm prepared to die because then I'm going to actually really be ready to live. Fitness and wellness expert, naturopath, and adventure enthusiast, Wendy Peck. And my husband, Todd Isburner. He's a fundraising guru, men's mentor, and Bible scholar. And as a couple, we're going to share riveting breakthrough stories from our guests who've experienced the meaning of a changed life. Our hope is that you will be inspired, equipped, and entertained along your own life journey. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Welcome to this episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. I'm Todd Isburner. And uh, today is going to be an incredible podcast. Mm. It's going to be a little deep, uh, but we're going to be talking a little bit about the C word. Mm. And the C word, as in cancer, may have come up in your um, space. Maybe you've heard of a diagnosis of yourself, something that you've been through, or maybe someone close, near and dear to you, family or friend. We're not too far away, any of us, from right. someone that's dealt with the C word. And so we're going to be talking to someone about that today. Yeah, we sure are. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get a whole different perspective on things. Mm-hmm. So let me just ask you this. I mean, what, what happens um, if, if you discover that you, that you have an incurable cancer mm-hmm. and that you've just got months to live, what, what would you do? How would you handle that? Well, this is where today's podcast interview is going to be especially helpful for you because Clayton Bielan is our guest and his mom, Rhonda Bielan, did something really, really remarkable. She agreed to do a podcast with her son, Clayton, that would document each step in her journey from diagnosis to death. Now, why would they do that? Well, simply because they want to help others go through something similar that they might be helped in the process. And I think that's just tremendously courageous and unbelievably inspiring. So Incurable, the podcast, is a conversation between a mother and her son during this journey from diagnosis to death. And it's a very deeply personal insight into the emotional roller coaster that all families experience when faced with the reality of losing a loved one. It covers the emotions, the the disbelief, the struggles of facing death, the preciousness of time, and what really is important. And it also deals with this big question that we all ask, and that is, why would God let this happen? Mm-hmm. So besides uh, creating this incredibly incredible experience through his podcast, uh, yeah. Clayton has been around for a while. He has. <laughs> he has spent 20 years in Christian radio, uh, the majority at 89 uh, 89.9, The Light in Melbourne, Australia. By the way, you can get the you will, app for that and listen. You would love yes, it. I mean, it really you'll is a love great their station, accents seriously. and you'll love um, yeah. um, Clayton's whenever you, he comes on here. But currently, he is the group transformation manager at Positive Media, home of The Light. And Clayton hosts the radio program In Conversation. It's a full-length feature 
interview program. And he, get this, he has interviewed over 1,500 guests, yes, including the prime minister, uh, actually including prime ministers, sports stars, musicians, and former mafia bosses. Yowzer. <laughs> Clayton's been around for a little bit. Hey, buddy, come on in and uh, welcome. So, so great to have you here. And uh, it's a little different time zone. You know, it's good morning to you. Yeah, it is indeed. Wonderful to be here, guys. Clayton, I'm, we're going to cut right to the chase. We're going to get into a lot of the details about what was going on in this whole process of, of, of putting this podcast together with your mom. But I, I think one of the first questions that, that so many of us don't even like to face is, how come we don't think more about this whole topic of death, and especially our own? I'll be the first to say, I... I run from it when it hits my head. So you've been through this incredible experience. What is it about us that causes us to not want to face that reality? Yeah, look, it's funny because I've sort of become a bit of the death guy, you know, that uh, I'm the guy that's talking about it. And I'm not, I, I never signed up wanting to, to be this guy. But uh, I, I think part of it is, because I've mulled with this too, um, Todd and Wendy, I, I've sort of had to go, why is that? Why do I feel like that too? And my closest thing to it, and I'm not any psychologist, is it almost feels like if we start thinking about it, are we maybe bringing it on? Uh, are we maybe sort of saying it's going to happen or something like that? And I think we all sort of know we're going to die, but none of us want to even think that we are. We all sort of maybe have a part of us that think, well, oh, maybe I'll be the one that doesn't die. I'm going to be the one that keeps on going because if we start thinking like that, there's some sort of finality. I just don't think we like that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And uh, I think there's a part of us that wants to be invincible, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I I have to, I mean, tell you that there were tears mm. shed big time when I was listening to you and your mom, as you guys say, instead of mom, but yeah. M-U-M, mom. Um, I have a son as well. And just hearing your side yeah. uh, from the interview perspective and your your mom's heart and and uh, the process, I mm. mean, it was so uh, emotional. And so preparing to inter- interview your mom, um, knowing that she was going to die, yeah. how did you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, it was interesting because I had two aspects to it. Um, <clears throat> one was, excuse me, <clears throat> one was the idea that. Um, I actually didn't want to miss out on any time with mum. And so by mm. doing a podcast like this, actually let me spend dedicated time with mum during this part, maybe ask her some things that might be a little bit more awkward to ask if you're just sitting around in the lounge room. But if you're doing a podcast, mm. I'm allowed to ask. Um, and mm. so there was a, a excitement's the wrong word, but a joy to actually having this dedicated time together. Yeah, yeah. That's so wow. sweet. And there's such a special connection with a mother and a son. Mm-hmm. So what just what a gift. Wow. Yeah, I so I'm just kind of curious, how did you talk your your mom into this or was she on board like right from the start? <laughs> okay, yeah, let's do this podcast. That's a great idea. I mean, <laughs> wow, didn't she fight you a little bit on that one? It, look, it was interestingly, she um she got diagnosed on a Friday. And on the Saturday, I went through a bit of a process where I actually went, you know, I've been in radio forever. I've always wanted to try this podcast thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, I don't want to regret any time with mum. And so these things started forming together in my mind. But it didn't really solidify until I thought of um, a vision that mum actually had 30 years plus before. She was a very shy lady 
back then she wasn't quite as shy by the time she passed but um she was she was quite shy back then and um she felt very much that god said to her one day um i want you to stand in front of a stadium full of women and speak to them about me and she had this picture and and, and to the point that it was known in our family so as a 10 year old i was told this vision that mum was going to, and that God was going to wow. do this at some point. This was going to happen. It oh, wasn't a, wow. if it was a, when will that, that happen? And oh. so this sort of came back to me and I thought, well, it's never happened in the 30, 40 years since the vision, but maybe the podcast is the way that it's a stadium full of people, but it's mm. a different sort of stadium. And so oh, this was the day after she got diagnosed a couple of days later. And I thought, Oh boy, I'm, it's going to take me a while to get this over the line with mum. It might take me a few weeks, but, um, we had, we're having a conversation and sort of an opportunity came up and I didn't actually say anything about the vision. I just said to her, um, mom, I'm wondering about us doing this. It could help other people. Um, and that was a big thing for us that others wouldn't, would know they weren't alone during this time. Um, we can share your faith um, about, you know, she's had an incredible love for Jesus and trust in him. And, um, and she, I was expecting her to go, oh, and we'll go back and forth. And she just straight away said, yes. I went, wow, I, I, okay. Wow. I said, well. Like, okay, now, my, now how do I do this? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, and then I said, but mom, actually the reason it really came about was that vision. You remember that vision you talked about? Um, and I thought maybe this might be it. She said, I can't believe you said that. She said, I haven't thought about that for years. But as soon as you asked me that just a minute or so, so ago, that's what came into my mind as well. Um, wow. and, and so there was this sort of joining of both of these things that we neither of us had thought about for years, but we went, well, we think God's got something going on here. Yeah, yeah. God's delays are not His denials. It, yeah, I mean, even till the very end. That's so cool. Well, I, uh, you know, as as I listen to it, I mean, I got to be honest. I, I'm good old German stock here. We don't uh, we don't get too emotional. No, he doesn't. And I, I was so <laughs> choked up. My gut was being grabbed. I felt pain. I felt anger. I felt sadness. I felt all these things. Um, and I cannot imagine what it was like for you. I mean, you, you, uh, and you do show your emotion. You, you can, you can hear it several times in several different episodes. So I, I guess I'm just wondering because as you started the process, you, you knew you would be grieving. You had some expectation you would be grieving right there in that present moment. So how did, how did you work that out? What's, you know, you're grieving in real time. And what's the difference between you grieving and the rest of your family and your mom's grieving while you're going through this? Yeah. And, and, there was, I think, moments where uh, um, you are just living it and then moments because you're actually recording it that you suddenly sort of like it's a bit of out-of-body experience because you're looking at yourself um, and you're trying to, to hear yourself. And one of the things we talked about a lot is that we were just going to record in the moment as much as we could. Um, and especially towards the end, it was just like I knew that if I didn't record right now, we weren't, yeah. we weren't going to come back to that or I wasn't going to wow. get back to this moment. And so sort of promised ourselves we'd do that. Um, and so we, we tried to do that. And I think that helped by having a, a promise at the start that sort of said, we're going to just record whenever we can, meant that we didn't have to sort of go, oh, should we record this or not record this? We just did. We just recorded everything. And I, I think Very the, candid. Yeah, the, the grieving process was different, I think, as you said, you know, in there too, that different people were at different stages and and my grief uh, came uh, i suppose the heavier part of the emotional grief came later um after mum really had a specific period of time because at the start it was sort of months to years and we weren't quite sure and, and i 
I didn't, there was a connection I couldn't make. I didn't want to just burst into tears then. I couldn't do that. But once we sort of got down to, look, we think it's just a couple of weeks, suddenly that mm. suddenly it hit me in a fresh way. And yeah, so I think you sort of see that it's not just mum and my grief, but we talk about our families and, and everyone's at sort of different places, which I think is normal. Yeah. And um, I, I do. I love that it's candid and you can really capture yeah, what you're moment. going through in that moment. And, and and it's hard to listen to, and yet you want to keep listening yeah. because, um, yeah, it's just that good. And so um, I want to ask you, because as you're going through this grief process and you're, and you're seeing this happen in real time, and, and it happened fairly quickly in a matter of, what was it, 80-something days? Yeah, 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 just over 90. Yep, that's right. Mm. Over 90 days. Okay. And so was there a point where you were like, wait a minute, I mean, God, you can heal. I mean, were you questioning God at any point or was your mom? Yeah. Um, or any other family member. Yeah. Look, it, the the healing um, conversations um, are mm. quite uh, intense within the podcast um, and even more so in real life when we were, you know, doing that. I mean, the podcast is real life, but it's uh, trying to be a reflection of what was happening. And I, I really struggled with that, Wendy. I, I've got to admit that, um, that as we went through this space, mum and other family members were very much God's going to heal you. God's going to heal you. you just got to believe. And I, you know, listen to a previous episode you had with Wayne Pedersen. He had a similar sort of take that he was like, "I'm just going to believe, and my wife will be healed." And and so there was a lot of that happening. And and I felt a bit black sheep of the family in that sense, where mm. I was sort of saying, "Well, yeah, I, I want Mum to be healed and God to do a miracle, but maybe we should just to sort of you know pray for that, but also pray for peace during this time." And let's. Let's make the most of this experience and and the most of the time that we have left. Um, and that actually caused some really inner turmoil for me around, um, I believe very much that God can heal, um, but I, I felt like everyone else was like, no, we can't talk about anything else but healing. We can't, we can't pray anything else but healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a sense that maybe do you actually miss out somewhat if you only focus on that um, and not focus on some other things. So for, for me, that was a... a that was a real struggle in the moment, um, and mm. and something that um, hurt might be the wrong word, but it was it was something that I, I really carried with me, and and I found yeah. that very difficult. Yeah, and yet you you seem to really balance it out, and I just want to take a moment to just acknowledge that and to encourage our listeners that um, th- there is this balance that has to be had. It's almost like in your left hand you hold the reality of what is and what what the outcome is going to be. That's the reality, at least in the present moment. But in the other hand, you hold this hope and this vision and this faith that things could be different. But if you're imbalanced one side or the other, it, it seems to me like you're going to get very distracted in a wrong direction. And you can almost kind of um, pre-program your own thinking on it. So the fact that you sort of took a, a little different bent in that you were balancing it out with the possibility that that God may not heal, I personally believe that is a very healthy and important thing to do. In fact, you named that one podcast, Can Faith and Doubt Actually Coexist? Mm. And and what's funny is I didn't know you had named that episode, that title. And so we were listening on the truck and I'm like, okay, Todd, but if you have any doubt, does it mean you have faith? And then he goes, look at the title of the podcast. (laughs) Anyway, it was just great. So um, yeah, so it can coexist, right? Yeah, yeah, it can. Uh, I believe it can. And I think that the key for me out of both of them is that they come back to Jesus. 
right? So mm-hmm. um, uh, mm-hmm. not not at all saying that, well, the rest of my family who were only talking about miracles don't have a faith in Jesus. It, it, it was bedded back in Jesus. And and if you're saying, well, we're going to face the reality, but we're going to ask God to be a part of this, it's bedded back in Jesus. And I think as long as that's the case, then um, you can walk more solidly in that. Yeah. Oh, that's so helpful. That really is. So when we when we find ourselves in conversation with someone who has been diagnosed with cancer or they have a loved one who's diagnosed with cancer, it's really tough for us to know what to say next. Mm-hmm. It's like we just clam up. It's like, I, I don't know what to say. I feel like I ought to say something that would help, but my brain isn't working in that direction. What do I do? And yet I'm saying so, the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> so just give us some advice on that because so many people go through that and just don't know what to say. What could you advise? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. You know, we talked about my radio show and I've had a number of guests over the years on my show who uh, have disabilities of some sort. And I often ask a similar question um, around that. Uh, and and the, the key thing, and I think it's the right answer for this one too, is just treat me like a normal person. Um, mm. Just sit with me and just ask. And yeah, sure, I've got a, this big deal that's going on. And, and if you just sit and spend a bit of time with me, um, it might be that that's all I can talk about is my cancer journey at the moment and what's going on. And well, that's fine. Just be there with me. It might be that actually I might, keep pivoting back and say, no, tell me about something that you're going on because I need to be a bit distracted. I, I think for me, it's treat somebody as a normal person and but no, spend good. the time with them, just sit with them and and ask. I, I don't think you need to be afraid if you do mention cancer that they understand, they know they're going through it. You can ask them and talk to them about that. That's actually good advice because I think people yeah. are nervous. Do I even bring it up? Well, you know, say? you could even be yeah. honest about that. Look, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm just a klutz. I don't even know what to say, but I want to be here with you. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's very helpful. Thank you, Clay. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe it depends on the individual as well. Yeah, but um, when it comes to cancer and with um, having uh, children, how do you go mm. about sharing what's going on with a loved one with young children? Yeah, look, this was a, a big part of it for me at the time. Well, I've got three kids and um, grandma was their world. Um, we talk about in the podcast and certainly, you know, it was it was life for us. And even still now, you know, a little while on from her passing, we sort of catch ourselves, oh, well, tell grandma that. Um, and she was just what it was. It didn't matter what you did, you told grandma. You, you, you got in touch with her. And so it was. this was a big thing for what do we do? When do we tell them? What's the right time? Um, and interestingly, and how a, old are your children? Um, the at the time, the I have twins who are ten, and a, a little boy who was seven. So, um, you know, they were they were they were not really young, but they certainly weren't. You know, they're, they're not fully matured in in their thinking and yeah. how they're going at, yeah. at that age either. So, um, and at the time, you know, for us, it was when do we tell them? How do we know? And there was, had a friend actually who said to me, "You're just going to know." And I went, that doesn't help me. That's, that's not a decent answer. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to schedule something. That's right. right. That's right. How am I supposed to know? And, and yet I, I found that to be true, that um, I, we, we didn't push it too early. Um, and we ended up telling them about three weeks before mum actually passed, I mean, three or four weeks. And, um, and we, we, we just were sort of praying about it. When should we? We went, okay, now we feel like it's the right time. And, and mm-hmm. we'd made sure that they'd gone in and seen mum and, and, you know, we'd seen mum a bit more in the months sort of leading up to that. But uh, we did just know at the right time because we were really keen communicators together. 
Um, and I understand not everyone has a you know a spouse to to chat to and talk that through. But mm-hmm. in our situation, that was key. Uh, we would we would keep bringing that up, keep talking about is it time yet? Is it time? No, we don't feel it is. We don't feel it is, and praying about that. And so um, when we did, we 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 told them, and the kids just you know didn't quite get it at first, and we had to be really blatant about what was going to ha- happen. You know, mm. Grandma's going to be with Jesus, and then they just lost it. Um, mm. But but that's that was okay. That, that was what was going to happen, and a part of where it is. And I mean, you know, that just. It guts anybody having to tell kids that you know, mom or grandma or whoever's going to die from cancer. But I think it's important that they were a part of that process, but not too early. Yeah, I would think you know that would be extremely difficult because you've got to manage your own processing and grief, and and then your loved one who's going through it, and other family members, and you're, I mean, you're juggling a lot. In fact, speaking of juggling a lot, I'm just I'm thinking about you in in that period of your life. You, it's not like everything could stop for you. You're, uh, you've got an exceptional amount of responsibility. You've got a lot going on. You've got kids to raise, uh, uh, you know, a wife to be a husband to. You've got this thing called a job <laughs> and responsibilities. How did you make all that work, the, the, the marriage and work and, and juggling the kids while all the time wondering, how can I spend more time with mom as well? One of the things that I've learned more and more, and I, I'm not naturally great at it, but I'm trying to get better, is about helping set up expectations. Um, and that so often that can help things down the line a lot more if I can start thinking about that. And so that's actually what I did. I, I, only in hindsight, do I look back and realize that's what I did. I, it just sort of happened in that way. But I, I think I set up expectations. I set up expectations in our marriage about um, are we comfortable for me making sure I'm going to be recording whenever I can with mum? Are we good with that? And now that's going to mean it could be weird and wacky times. You know, we're recording sometimes almost at midnight, whatever it might be, we're, we're often about Okay, we set that up. Um, at work, I actually set up the expectations that, look, I don't want to regret any time with mum, so I want to take leave when the time's right. And so I did that ahead of time. Um, Solid communication. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, and, and, and a bit with the kids, you know, we were, same thing. We sort of were trying to set up the expectations in the right way. Um, now, I only realised in hindsight that's what I went and did, but I think that helped tremendously. It also meant that I had to think about it and process it. As much as it was helping everybody else and setting all that thing that that up, I had to go through and go, how's the marriage going through this stuff? How's the kids going? How's work going to go? Um, and that was helpful for me to process each of that uh, as I, I went along too. That That is such practical advice. I want to thank you for that because I think that is a, a real key to, to enabling one to manage it a little bit better because... I'm sure there were times you felt your brain was just all jumbled up with your emotions and feeling and thinking. But if you set it up ahead of time, at least it gives you a, a little bit of a path in some direction. I think that's uh, that's really wise. And less stress, right? Yeah. Interestingly, the thing that I didn't set up well is the grief after mum passed. Mm. Um, and that, that actually caused a lot of um, confusion and issues, especially through um, a workplace who's trying to deal with, well, you're back here, but well, maybe my mind's a bit muddled or my, my emotions are a bit muddled. And and I, I actually realized I didn't set that up well. Um, and that's something that certainly I think a lot of people, especially because we don't know how grief is going to affect us. Sorry, how would you do that differently now if you were to set up that expectation? I think I felt a bit of um, guilt in a way that uh, my workplace, which is a fantastic workplace, has given me the time off ahead of mum's passing. And so like the day after the funeral, I was back. 
because they'd given me this great time off and I'd just started a new role then as well and um, I'd been away and, and it was a you know it was managing you know about I think 75% of the staff were reporting to me at the time and that sort of thing so it was a big role um, and so I felt like I had to go back in but I realized that three or four months down the track uh, that cost me because I, I didn't actually just do some of the time where I got to just grieve out you know even doing the podcast and um, beforehand I was sort of the one that was keeping everybody holding them all together and and but I didn't get to do it myself and so it ended up perhaps leaking out in different ways over the next months which didn't in the end really help anybody myself or the workplace or whatever else so I think I would have said either take some time immediately after or booked some time a bit more along the way that might have a few more days here or there that I actually said look for the good of everybody I'm going to have a couple of days off just in the in the next couple of weeks I'm just going to take a Friday off or I'm just going to whatever um, and I think that would have helped everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of just in case, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. Well, um, as we were listening to your podcast, um, we noticed um, that you were recording in random kind of places, whether it was, you know, in her actual room or in your car or in the waiting room. And um, so how, how did that play out? I mean, did you have all your equipment with you? I mean, some of it was sometimes hard to hear, like we would have to crank it up, yeah. but we were so into it. We didn't care. We're like cranking it up because <laughs> we wanted to hear uh, the journey. So um, tell us how that went. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, as doing the audio editing, that's one of the things that drives you nuts when you go, oh, the recordings come out low, but I can't re-record this. I've just got to get it as best mm-hmm. as I can. And um, that's right. look, I, I think again, because that was sort of the way we set that up, and we we made sure I, once mum agreed to do the podcast, I'd ordered the equipment. I'd had it all here within about a week, um, and we we sort of got to it. and And it was it was really didn't matter. We said this is our journey. Our aim was to record the journey. And so if that means it's in the in the car, if that means it's in the lounge room, if it means it's in the hospital room, um, we're just going to do it. And so. I felt sort of no shame about wherever I recorded. I just got it and did it um, no, because we knew the hope that hopefully it would bring for people. Yeah. And so uh, yeah. we did that. And interestingly, the amount of times that nurses and doctors didn't come in just when we were recording was phenomenal. I think we might have had wow. it once or something like that. And out of the hours that we did, you'd think it would be more, but it just always seemed to work just like that. I love that. And your mom had such a great attitude as well, but that's what I was going to ask you if any of the nurses or doctors, um, you know, were asking questions and maybe it was an opportunity to even witness during that time. I don't know, but I'm just curious um, if they were questioning what you're doing. Yeah. Look, and mom would be pretty upfront. Oh, he's just going to record a podcast. We're just recording about what we're doing and, and those sorts of things. So uh, we certainly got those opportunities to do that. And, um, and interestingly, I think we talk in the podcast too about mum has this mag- magnetic uh, ability with people. She, she just, people just come to her. Um, and there's mm. some phenomenal stories of, um, you know, people who she's walking down the supermarket aisle and they randomly say things to her. And, um, and in the end, it's actually the fact that um, this lady ended up with a situation where her, her son doesn't respect her. She realized that husband was having affairs in two different countries and, and, and mum's just there. And so she has 45 minutes with her. And, um, and this happened regularly for mum. Like we're talking, you know, if that happened for you or me once in my lifetime, I'd be telling that story all the time. Mum would have it five times a year, this sort of stuff where yeah. people just would connect in and, 
And so that was happening with the nurses too, that mum was able to remember their names and just know what it was. And um, and it's like, this is strange, mum. Like your, your brain's pretty muddled from all the, the various drugs that are running in, but you can remember all the names of the nurses and it was this connection that she could have. I really, really uh, just so appreciated her wisdom mm-hmm. as she was speaking with you about what she was going through. I mean, I'm just getting goosebumps thinking about it right now because rather than be like overly preoccupied with what she was going through, she was able to comment sort of almost outside of herself about what was happening, almost being aware that others were going to listen and could benefit by hearing what she had to say or her perspective on certain things. Pretty, pretty amazing. Your, your mom was incredible. Um, did you ever have a time when you felt like, yeah, well, if only knowing that death was drawing near, did you have to face any kind of you know, regrets or any, any guilt of the, I wish we would have, or if only talk to us a little bit about that, because I think it's a common experience for most people. Yeah. Look, and I think it's, it was the biggest thing that I had in, in the moments too, around what regret was. Um, There was a couple of different things for me in the last week of her life as I was sitting by her bedside and pretty much she wasn't communicating, especially the last few days, little bits and pieces. And I think as you, we, we share in the podcast, there was one moment where she actually moved and gave me a hug and we've we've got the, the photo up at, at the website and it, yeah. it was just, my brother just happened to take the photo. It was one, the most, one of the most special moments I've ever had in my life. And so there was a, a little bit of communication, but not much. And so most of the time I was just sitting there holding her hand and and regrets flooded in, Todd. Like it just, it, it was just um, almost soul crushing in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Because you go... All I want to do is spend quality time with you here, mum, and, and what it is, and you can't communicate, and all the things that I should have done, I didn't do, or whatever else it might be, and and that that flooded in, and and so I was sort of cognitive enough to go, hold on, I, I can't just live in that completely, like that that's just going to crush me now. There's, there's no benefit here if I just live in that, and so I tried to go through a few different things, and um, one of them was realizing some of the good things that I had done. Um, in fact, two days before mum was diagnosed uh, with cancer, I'd actually decided to call mum or dad every single day for the rest of their life. I just wanted to connect in with them. And I'd made that decision two days before uh, she'd been diagnosed. And, and I meant it too. It was one of those ones where I said, hold on, you can't just say this, Clayton, you've got to actually do this. And, um, and sure enough, I, I did. And then, you know, so that was something I could look back on and say, well, I made that decision before I even knew <laughs> that that was positive. Mm-hmm. And I've actually continued that. Dad and I talk every single day, so good. Um, which is something that ha- because of mum's situation, I'm now valuing my relationship with my dad more. Um, and so I think there's an aspect of you're going to face regrets. We can't do much about regrets other than say, what are we going to do into the future? What's the next step that's going to take those mm-hmm. away? And and talk it through with people. I think that's one of the key things I found is as I was dealing with regret, if I just keep mulling it over in my own mind, my own heart, I just get further and further down and I, 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 I get more negative about myself. But if I can voice that to somebody else in the moment, they can say, they can provide some perspective. They can provide a bit of that hope. They can hold you and get you through. Um, and so I think the biggest thing you can actually do in regret is talk it out um, and then start saying, okay, well, I actually can't do much about what it is, but I can do something about what's the future um, because we're all going to live with it. Be more focused on the gratitudes of what you had done yeah. together and yeah. that yeah. kind of thing. And you, you're just such a good son. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you're just such a good son. I know your That's mom true. is just so proud of you. Yeah. Um, and 
so I, I think about the the last few days and um like I, I have a hard time even looking at you right now because I want to get, get teary-eyed. Um because I just think, oh my goodness, if yeah. my son were yeah. anyway. I think so often, and we talked about this a minute ago, but chasing healing versus living peacefully through the process um, in in the last few weeks. When did you finally just decide I'm I'm going to just live peacefully in this in this place? Well, and the same for and the same for your mom mom. too. Uh, As she was going through that process, is God going to heal me? Is He not going to heal me? How do I handle all this? Do you remember that moment where it was like, okay, this is just. I'm living peacefully in this. Yeah. Uh, look, interestingly, I, I think the answer is separate for me and mum in that. Um, one of the hardest things I had to hear is when mum said, um, I'm scared. And that's that's something as a son, you don't want to hear your mum have to say. Um, and, and I asked her, what do you mean by that? And she wasn't scared of where she was going. She knew she was going to go to be with Jesus. She's like, I'm not scared of that at all but I'm scared of the process of death. I'm scared of actually dying. Um, and and that's, that's hard to hear, right? Um, and so for her, um, there was always a, um, a sense that she didn't want to go. Some people go, I'm ready to go, and I'm there. But that wasn't it. Mum wasn't ready to go. She, not even up to the, the moment she passed, she wasn't ready to go. And, and, you know, we're not supposed to say that. It's supposed to be like we have the nice story. Um, but yeah. that wasn't the case for mum. And so she wasn't. And so she sort of lived, I believe, in that God's going to heal me moment until then. Um, now, she still trusted that if God didn't, I still trust God. It's not like I've, I've lost that trust, but she believed that was what it was. I was more in that um, let's let's live in what we have and and let's try and live in peace as much as we can a lot earlier. And was really more sort of walking that journey through. Um, I- interestingly, I think we were able, and I think this is a strength that we can perhaps miss sometimes, uh, and especially in the the world of faith and, and Christianity and church world at the moment, that if you have opposing viewpoints, you must be fighting each other. Um, that, that, you know, these were opposing viewpoints in the moment here. Um, but we said, let's let's respect each other in that. Let's work with each other in that. Let's let's still pray together. Um, let, let's join together and, and trust, even though we're going to have opposing viewpoints. And so I think in that regard, um, she never really had that sense of peace in this life, but she had a great sense of peace about what was to come. And that was fantastic to at least hold on to. Um, that that was the case. That is so uh, just so helpful and so honest. And I really appreciate the way you have a perspective on things. As you were talking, I almost had a vision of you on a tight wire, you know, the tight wire rope with the the big long pole that helps balance things because it was a balancing act all the way, all the way through for everybody involved. Um, So the reality is none of us really pick death as the topic uh, most favoritely discussed, you know, at the dinner table or anywhere else among our friends. We just, we avoid the topic. We touched on this earlier when we first got started, but why, why is it important to face that? And, and then how do we go about facing that? Not that we become morbid and start, you know, but how do you prepare and how how do you prepare others? Yeah. Yeah. And right. Because it's inevitable. That's the, that's the deal. I mean, it's, it's a reality we all have to face. And yet most of us live yours truly, especially included here on a day-to-day basis in denial. Mm -hmm. And so how do we prepare for that? And then, you know, what, yeah. What's your take on it? 
Well, well, interestingly, I think there's two aspects that come together, and we've talked about both of them in in a way too. Um, I I remember I know a number of people have have said it, but Chuck Swindoll for me uh, used the used the line, you know, you can't really live unless you're prepared to die, or you know, that that's sort of the idea that you until you actually prepare, how, how do you truly live? And I think that's really true that um, we we can't actually live. And, and so maybe that's a challenge. And, and I, I talk out of this not as somebody who knows it. It's as somebody who has gone through this experience with my mum and said to myself, I need to go on a journey that says I'm prepared to die because then I'm going to actually really be ready to live. Um, and so that's something I'm still in the middle of. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to see what does that journey mean. So I, I don't have the answers on that one. I, I'm just acknowledging I'm at the start of it. But I think also, it if we truly do that journey, if we truly say, okay, can I get to a point that says, I acknowledge I'm going to die. I realize these things that I've, I've, I've checked off that I'm prepared about it. I'm prepared about what death means. I think we actually take away a whole lot of regrets that could potentially come. And so these two things actually work together that by being willing to do that, by being willing to have conversations about it, by being willing to get to a point and say, all right, I'm actually here. Now, you know, the three of us, we, we're very much saying one of the top things you've got to be talking about is trust in Jesus, right? And, and knowing where you're going and what's happening for, for the next life, but also for this life. Um, and, and there's other things that we might need to go through. And as we go through that, I think we can then truly live out who we are to be. We will live, live without this fear of death around us. How awesome would that be? And at the same point, we're going to take away some of our regrets. So I'm just at the very start of that journey, but it's a journey that I'm I'm wanting to go on and, and step into um, and be a part of because I think there's benefits. I love that, Clayton. And, and I think you're absolutely right. If you don't know uh, and and accept death and, and, and have all that planned in your own mind, how can you fully live to the potential that God has for you? And it opens up the door of possibilities and opens up um, just things that maybe you would have never considered before um, as you're fully living today. And so yeah. I love that, Clayton. Such a good message. Yeah. Well, it, it, easy to say, harder to do. So that's my next well, step. Right. Well, <laughs> right, right. But, well, and and I love the fact that you're, you know, you haven't arrived in that yet. So that means that as you're processing, you're going to be documenting this and the book will come out later. Yes, so the rest we'll, of us can learn. <laughs> the how-to and seven steps <laughs> <I'm serious. laughs> to live um, life best today. Hey, listen, there's no question that um, you had a very, you have a very tight family and your mom was really sort of the anchor. And you're establishing that within your own family, your wife and your children. And just just comment for a moment just how important it is to have that sort of a support system. Not everybody does have the kind of family that you've come from. So what do you do in that case? Where do you find your support? I I know it's important. Everybody knows it's important. But what if some of that is a little bit wobbly? Is there anything that you could recommend? Yeah, we were really... Um, trying to acknowledge that at times in the podcast too, that we realize not everyone has this support. And um, and the, partly for me, it's hard to answer because I've, I've stepped into a place where we always have had a very supportive family. And so very I haven't honest. experienced it in, in another way. But those that I've talked to around who perhaps haven't had similar situations, it does seem like that there will be someone around. There, there's hopefully somebody around you that you can talk to and have a chat with. I think that the 
incredible opportunity now in the world that we were in, say, than 20, 30 years ago, is that there is um, groups online as well. Um, and I, I don't think they're quite as good as flesh and blood people where you can sit down and, and have a, a coffee with, but at least they're there too. So I think there's opportunities and I would encourage you to step out. It takes a bit of courage and bravery and perhaps at the, the time as well when you're feeling that the last thing you want to do is is do that. But I think the benefit will be there. I, I think there's another aspect too that if you're somebody who um, has a faith, well, we always we understand Jesus is with us, but if you don't too, then um, God's there. You, you can call out and, and he's going to respond and he's going to, going to connect. Even if, you know, you're a bit doubting or whatever else is, there's an avenue there. Um, I don't think any of those, I mean, the God one's certainly a great answer, but I'm not sure about the others, especially incredibly solid there, Todd. But I think that there's opportunities and, and places that people can perhaps connect into. And yeah, yeah. ultimately do try and have other people because walking this journey even partially together is better than trying to do it yourself. In fact, you you even started a Facebook group uh, as we were going through this, correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. What's the yeah, name of the called? Facebook group? It's um, the Incurable Podcast group. The, the best way is actually just through yeah. the website, incurablepodcast.com. We just put the link straight through so you can get to that. Yeah. Already we've had people who have been saying, you know, I've I've got a child who's who's just been diagnosed. Thank you. I'm not alone. I'm um, you know, so much this this grief aspect God. you talked about, or the healing versus um, having peace that we've talked about. Uh, this is something I went through, and it's just been wonderful. It's exactly what we hoped that would happen. People would know they're not alone. Oh, the legacy your mom has mm. left is beautiful. Yeah. Wow. And so, with that, um, with this being her big stage to speak to many, many women and men, for that matter, what would you uh, believe that she would want to say? From the stage, um, I w- would say it, it all comes back to Jesus. Um, it's completely what she would want to say. Mum went on journeys that we couldn't cover in the podcast. We, we touch off on it a bit, but understanding who she was, um, understanding her value versus what the world told her her value was. But all of it came back to that um, Jesus is the answer in our lives. And we perhaps hear that and it, it flows off a little bit too easy, but um, for her, it's about the fact that if you don't know him, um, would you consider understanding because he's got a plan for you, he loves you, he has a hope for you both in this life and in the life to come, um, and and absolutely she would encourage you to connect in and 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 for that purpose that that he has something for you. Her mum was a bit different to others in the way that she dealt with people. She had those moments in the supermarket where people would come up. It, it was a bit different for mum. It, it's a bit different for all of us. And uh, Jesus has something special for you. I love that. Thank you. I absolutely love your mom. I mean, you cannot help but love her. And the the word that I, I think she probably used more than any other word was trust, yeah. trust in Jesus. Yeah. So love the fact that she's got this platform now and uh, that you have just courageously put together that podcast. I cannot commend you enough for doing that. You've done a tremendous service for many, many people. And we will pray that many people find the podcast. It's called Incurable. Search any platform and you'll find it. Yes. Um, So I think you've still got, as as we speak today, a couple more episodes 
I'm just sitting on the edge of my chair. <laughs> I, I think they're like, like Wendy said, they're hard to listen to, but you can't not, not listen, listen to it because yeah. you learn so much and you feel so brought in because every single one of us are going to encounter mm -hmm. something similar when it comes to losing a loved one. Yeah. And this is a great way to prepare. So cannot thank you enough, Clayton. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I appreciate both your support and uh, not just on this podcast, but you know, you've sent me emails encouraging and it's been just wonderful. So thank you. All right. God bless you and your yeah. family. Take care. Thanks for being on. Thanks so much. Right. Clayton. Take care. Okay. See you later. Thank you. We're going to have a uh, course in the show notes, uh, contact information so you can get to that podcast yes. and also to that Facebook group, mm -hmm. which is uh, just tremendously helpful. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with Clayton, he's just got a real heart for helping people. Yeah. Salt of the earth. I mean, just, uh, he's the real deal and he, uh, he's just authentic and you can hear yeah. that in his podcast. So we appreciate him uh, sharing about his grieving process and, and we appreciate his mom. I love that. He says, "Mum, so that, cute." M U M, mum. Yeah, and they were, um, yeah, and they're, they're, and they're very close. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it was just, it, it, it was just so touching to hear some of the, the exchanges between them, as, as though none of us were listening. It was just like a personal thing yeah. happening. But it offers hope. It really does. And again, somebody that you know has yeah. probably been touched by the C word, and whether it's been curable, 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 excuse me, or incurable, somebody in your world has, has experienced that, or maybe you have. And so we just pray that this would uh, bless you and encourage you along um, those, those tough conversations. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, again, uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of your biggest breakthrough. And in, until then we pray that you will just have an enriched life as you exercise your faith in Jesus. Take care. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, we love spending time with you right here on Your Biggest Breakthrough Podcast. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. But until then, just head on over to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com where you'll find some free resources and information and a place where you can comment. And we would love to dialogue with you there. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.